Where's Daddy with our presents? Look out! No breaks! No breaks! <laughs> Yay! You know, he hit pretty hard. I hope nothing happened to our presents. Ho, 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 ho! Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Christmas Wow, look at this place. It's so decorated. Nice. Look at all the candy canes and garland. Look at this stripper with little <laughs> Rudolph red things on her nipples. Little tassels. This is great. Tinsel tassels. <laughs> yeah, tinsel tassels. <laughs> the weirdest part is it's February. <laughs> that is very weird. My name is Al, and you know, nothing makes me feel more like a kid on Christmas, like coming in here to the Jiggly Room and opening a two-pack of Hooters. <laughs> I'm Jamie. I want peroxide and high heels and a dynamite J.J. Walker doll. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was dynamite, Jamie. I must say. Not a pony? (laughs) (laughs) No ponies for Jane. I'll just put it between two slices of bread. Yes! Ooh. (laughs) Wow. And I am Dan Chase, the no man. I'm as bald as I can be. With hair (gasps) on my nose and rod on my toes. I'm as bald as I can be. Oh, did Lacey write this? No, that was all me, bro. (laughs) So, we are reviewing... Christmas, simply titled Christmas, Season 7, Episode 12, original air date, December 20th, 1992, so that's cool. Yeah. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Ellen L. Fogel, special guest stars Dennis Cockrum as Ray the Bartender, Mm -hmm. Fred Sanders as Iskowitz, Kevin Thompson as Elf, Ed Morgan as Street Corner Charity Santa, Matt Levitt as Matt, Samantha Levitt. As Samantha, Monty Hoffman as Santa, and Kristen Martin as Freckled Girl, or the girl you might remember who had the measles. Yes, she did. I was going to say, why did they credit her as Freckled Girl when she pointedly said she wanted a cure for the measles? I do not know. Well, thank God we're here once again correcting IMDb. Man. Al does his yearly pre-Christmas inspection of the family and can find they've done nothing wrong, which means he has to buy them presents. But he has to take a job as a department store Santa to pay for the gifts. How did they they come up on the side of doing nothing wrong this year? We've been following this family every episode. Like, how does that happen? How did they come to that conclusion? He found they did nothing wrong, really. Well, because just because they don't tell any... Yeah. Is that all? (laughs) Oh, well then, if you guys didn't verify it, then it must not have happened. 
So this is the third of the six Married with Children episodes. If you count, it's a Bundy full life as one big episode. Mm-hmm. We have three more to come after this. Hopefully they land somewhere in December. Yes. So what really makes this episode special is that Alex, we have dis- uh what? I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, we discovered via the sharp eyes of Chris Gunter. Alex. Uh, what? I forgot again. <laughs> Don't say what next time. Oh, okay. Um, from the Married with Children podcast Facebook page. Alex. Alex. What? Oh, now you made me forget again. (laughs) What makes this episode special is that we discovered via the sharp eyes of Chris Gunter from the Mario Children uh, podcast Facebook page that this may be the first ever television appearance of Meghan Markle. So according to internet sources, Meghan appeared. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember that post he made? This. Wow. That's crazy. Chris Gunter. Uh, according to internet sources, Megan appeared on a 1993 Nickelodeon program where she spoke about women's rights and led a successful fight against sexist advertising. Her appearance on Married with Children was prior to this Nickelodeon appearance, and we are not able to find any information about it elsewhere. So we believe we have an exclusive. So, according to IMDb, Megan appeared uncredited in a non-speaking role on a future Married with Children episode, season 9, episode 26, The Undergraduate. But this appearance makes it her very first on both Married with Children and on TV or film. And now, this isn't really confirmed anywhere, like you just said, too. But he he pointed that out. And from what I saw, it looks like her. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, that's that's... That's huge. We're running with this one. Yes. For sure. Because <laughs> uh, it really seems like it. Now, uh, so episode starts off. Al is at a bar full of Santas. Ray's bar, to be specific. Uh, so Ray puts the radio on for the guys, and it's pretty ghetto for a bar radio to begin with. And one of the Santas shoot it because the Christmas music comes on. <laughs> That looked like a pretty good effect, right? What's funny is when yeah. it happened, I was thinking, did he use a real gun, or did they, or they're uh, they actually did a good job with the effect because you saw the bullet hole, like you watched it appear, right? So I actually wondered for a second if he really shot it, or they just stuck a firecracker in there. Yeah, that's a squib, one of those goddamn cherry bombs. Yeah. That's what he used. Exactly. <laughs> Anybody know what that's from? Stand by me. Uh, no, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Oh, oh, duh. Okay. Wow. When the bird exploded. <laughs> that's right, that bird. <laughs> you know, I you know I haven't watched that movie since we <laughs> since you used to talk about it like back in the day. <laughs> yeah, we gotta fix that. <laughs> I started to. The bus scene is dope though in the beginning. So uh, a midget comes in in an elf costume. It sounds like the beginning of a joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Midget walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah, Midget walks into a bar, <laughs> and he's wearing an elf costume. Give me a jack and a beer back. All right, out of here. Come on. <laughs> you know the rules. The elf bar is right down the street by the cop bar. I'm sorry. What am I missing about this? Is this like a? Is that like a gay pun or something? I honestly, I have no idea. I don't. I I don't know. So you didn't laugh either, right? No. It could be something as simple, I guess, as just saying that you know exactly what they're saying, which is like Santa's. Don't want the elves hanging around. But if it's if it is supposed to allude to something, it went right, right. over my head. Okay. I think it was a generalization thing. Like, oh, all the elves hang out at this bar. All the Santas at this one. All the cops here. Um, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's like a joke <laughs> per se. It's just like a like oh like you're in the wrong like I don't know. It's just kind of stupid to me. But the elf was an Ewok, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. His name is Kevin Thompson. Yes, he was in Blade Runner. He was in Star Wars Episode Six with the Ewoks. He was an Ewok, of course. He was in Oompa Loompa, an epic movie, and he was in Weird Science. He was the blob operator. Remember when uh, Chet was turned into a giant piece of crap? Yep. <laughs> How could you forget? Oh, that's legendary. Back to the Future. Growing up was one of my favorite, like literally top three movies on earth for me still is i know like i got this steelbook special edition like 4k blu-ray or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and dude that last watch i did like a month ago it was so great did what you does see the, back uh, to the future have to do with weird science weird science what does back to the future have to do with it yeah you just said back to the future was your favorite movie like one of your top three favorite movies growing up that's weird you didn't mean to say that? No, I meant weird science. Oh, no. <laughs> no, uh, said Are you talking about Back to the Future or weird science? <laughs> weird science. Did I say that? You totally back to the said that, to the, and I was agreeing with the Back to the Future comment. <laughs> no, because that's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's in my top three. And I'm over here going, what the hell does that have to do with <laughs> Well, did I at least say blob op- blob operator in weird science? Yeah, I, be- yes. I believe I was there for that. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm waiting for you to swing it back around to weird science. <laughs> <laughs> How is this going to connect? I'm excited. Jamie's just sitting there like, uh, I don't know if they were ready for that one yet, but their kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember that new sound you were looking for? Well, listen to the Marrow Children podcast. I think that was your subconscious telling you, stop talking about weird science. You know you love Back to the Future. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't think the blood ever fully receded back to my head after the Jennifer Lopez and Shakira halftime show at the Super Bowl. (laughs) It's still somewhere in my pants, I think. (laughs) You Santa stink. Next Santa that talks down to me, it's going to be ho-ho-hoing and soprano. (laughs) And Al walks in right on cue. Yeah! Hey, who left the ornament on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) And then the elf proceeds to kick him in the nuts. (laughs) 
Bundy. Hey, Bundy. Iskowitz, Gates, Brunstein. The Santas all say hi to Al, and he answers back by name, and they're all uh, Jewish names. <laughs> and it's Iskowitz, Gates, and Bronstein. And they did this joke in season four, episode 11. It's a Bunny for Life part one when, remember, uh, the Santa's name was Horowitz, the one who uh, had the, got all the other Santas to hit uh, Al with their sacks? Yeah. Yep. He, he goes, you needed all that help, Horowitz. So it's another joke on Jewish guys playing Santa. <laughs> I like that it was very subtle. They didn't call attention to it. They didn't, you know, point right. it out. If you didn't notice it, then you didn't notice it. But right. I like that. For sure. How's it going over at your mall, Bundy? Well, I've been peed on, spit on, snotted on, drooled on, and thrown up on, and now it's Miller time. <laughs> Al says it's Miller time. Just like Tom Atkins, baby. <laughs> yeah, that was the guy famous in the 80s in horror movies for always drinking uh, Miller. He was pretty much an alcoholic in every horror movie I ever saw him in. But... Thrill me, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we interviewed him. He's great. This is Tom Atkins. Skeleton crew. Thrill me. Yeah, they had a whole advertising campaign in the late 70s where someone would ask, do you know what time it is? And the other guy would say, it's Miller time. And they you know, start knocking back Miller, Miller Lite, whatever. I used to drink Miller Lite, like, religiously um, until I quit drinking. You know what I recently discovered? Uh-oh, she's singing some uh, commercial. <laughs> Was that Miller? <laughs> When it's time to relax, one beer stands clear. Was that Miller? Is it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Or is it Michelob? <laughs> Michelob Ultra. I don't think those are disgusting. <laughs> That's what my uh, father-in-law drinks. No, I, I used to drink those, like, uh, you know, in my, my early 20s. And it would literally take about 60 to get drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the low-carb people drink Michelob Ultras. Anybody that drinks a Michelob Ultra drinks White Claw now. <laughs> well, well, if they could afford it. <laughs> so he drinks Michelob Ultra for the whole low-carb, keep-your-stomach-fit thing, and uh, it's not working. Nope. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, I guess it depends on... It's only low carb up to a point. (laughs) After fourteen of them, (laughs) and when you're when you're eating uh, four slices of pizza with it, it kind of is a waste of time. (laughs) Uh. Here's to the death of Christmas forever. (laughs) Who are they? Street corner charity Santas. They think they're better than us. They're doing it out of goodness. If you do good for others, you are repaid tenfold. Well, you son of a... Easy, big guy. It's not your fault. He goaded you. Uh, It's just this damn Christmas has got me down. Nobody cares what we want. Anybody want me? A hot hooker is just prancing around the bar. As so a matter of fact, like, yeah, I'm a hooker, whatever. (laughs) Well, I was going to go see Aladdin, but... (laughs) Uh, There's a guy with Christmas spirit. 
of course, Aladdin is the famous cartoon from Disney that came out in 1992. So it was um, accurate uh, time-wise. Right. It was the 31st Disney animated feature film. The uh, the remake of it, the live action one, was actually really good. I just saw that two weeks ago. What'd you think? I, I really liked it. Yeah, it's good, right? I don't like Disney or anything like that. Right. But since Disney Plus is free. Right. And I got it to see the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, what'd you think Stop. of that? Stop. You mean the Baby Yoda show. Exactly. I just finished the third episode today and um, it's it's good. Yeah. I think it's like a three and a half, four to five type show. Look that baby Yoda. I think that it'll change uh, when all is said and done because for a while it, the show kind of feels a little stale. Like it's like jumping from mission to mission, but then things really start right. coming together and it's really well done. Uh, I, I enjoyed it more towards the end of the season. So I hope you like that one for sure. Did you check out the Lion King live version? That we're waiting for because um, I have the Blu-ray, but it's said on the Disney thing that it will be released like uh, late January, which is already obviously done. So I guess I can watch now, but we waited because that broadcasts in 4K and I didn't want to waste my time watching a Blu-ray instead. I'll tell you this, man, 4K, it'll look beautiful. Unfortunately, that's about all it had. Uh, (laughs) It it looks really nice, Uh, but in my opinion... That's just a magic that you can't recapture. Like cartoon cartoon animals is one thing. Um, CGI ones talking is just different, you know. Uh, James Earl Jones and it was great though. Like it wasn't it wasn't bad. It's just it wasn't at the cartoon level, in my opinion. And honestly, neither was the Aladdin one. But I didn't I, I didn't see too many problems with the Aladdin one uh, like I did with the Lion King ones just because of the way their faces looked when they were talking. I haven't seen any of those. Like Jungle Book or I haven't even seen the Beauty Beauty and the the Beast Beast one. No, no, That was good. I don't – well, I mean it's hard enough to get me to watch Disney when I was a kid. (laughs) I know. I don't really watch this crap. Why start now? Yeah. Um, I never saw Aladdin the cartoon though. Oh, I used to love that. Like I do have a select few that I adore and – right. I like Peter Pan. I never saw Lion King, either one of them. So, oh, okay. Um, so should I watch the cartoon first? Um, I mean, listen, if you watch it at this point in your life, <laughs> you may. I mean, it's I grew up with it, but it's like a Disney cartoon. So I don't know that that's a that's a really good question. You might want to watch um, it after, so that way you can yeah. see how much you enjoy this one. You know, mm. right, right? But I gotta tell you, when I saw the cartoon in the theater. It was a mess. I mean, I was screaming. <laughs> Why? Like, because Mufasa. Oh, da, da, Mufasa. <laughs> I mean, screaming. And yep. uh, uh, it was, it was, ba- like, it was bad. My friends made me leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one of the uh, voice uh, actors in Aladdin is Gilbert Godfrey in the cartoon, I mean. Yep. And he comes to Married with Children in Ship Happens Part 2. Yes. So look forward to Gilbert if you're a fan. You know, nothing makes you feel like a kid again at Christmas like opening a two-pack of Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that girl was pretty hot for a hooker who just like... Yeah, don't buy it. Right? Not unless she's in Pretty Woman. Like... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
That's no dive bar hooker. I don't care what she tries to say. She's way too hot to be doing what she's doing. I mean, I mean, such an organized, okay with everybody was okay with it type thing. Like it wasn't extremely illegal. <laughs> right. It's just like whatever. All you guys are cool, right? Nobody's gonna say nothing. <laughs> right? Even if like a new person walks into this bar and yeah. You know. So uh, we get the classic image of Al in the Santa suit with a mug of beer in his hand. Classic. Yep, many profile pics in December uh, for me and friends of mine looked that way. <laughs> so it's a thing. It's a go-to image for December for married children fans. Well, I'm gonna have a great time with the extra money I made. I gotta buy gifts for the family. I used to have a foolproof system for Christmas. I invented it in 1974. We warp back into time. 18 years exactly to see what Al used to do in his life. So it's like a whole flashback thing where we get transported to 1974. They show these marks on the closet door where the kids grew up. Peg's hair keeps getting bigger and Al keeps getting shorter <laughs> after a point. And it's like, why would he even know to uh, mark that off? Like how – how did he notice he was getting shorter? And I was like, well, let me start seeing if this is really happening. Right, you know? right. And he just starts marking it. <laughs> I guess that closet door, they got rid of it because nothing's there. Now, if you remember right. in You Gotta Know When to Fold Them, part one, Al said that the TV had the notches from where the kids grew up. Oh, That's yes. Right, yeah. Yes. Yep. I guess they moved over to that door after the kids got taller than the TV. Right. Look at me trying to put this together. Makes sense. <laughs> Gotta make sense. <laughs> any me by any means necessary. Apparently. So, flashback to 1974, and all the actors are playing themselves as kids, <laughs> um, except for Buck. Oddly enough. Oh my god, that Aww. was the cutest little puppy. Little baby. Now, what's cuter? Baby Buck or Baby Yoda? Baby oh my Yoda. Lord. The days, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. How about you? You too? Yeah. yeah. That is that is some cuteness right there. The only kind of opportunity I feel like they missed here is, and this would have taken way too much effort, and it just would have never been done, but Peg used to look really different in season one compared to how she looked in the rest of the show. And it would have been really cool to make the effort to, like, uh, set Katie Seagal up to look like she did in season one, like, with the hair and dressing a little different and the makeup being different and, like, really trying to bring her to 1974 as well. But this just isn't the kind of show that would go that far. Um, it's just not that kind of vibe. But uh, with the kids, yeah, Al's memory is weird. I mean... Of course, it's better to have these kids play. It is there is a obviously added humor to the fact that Bud is like you know uh, nineteen years old or whatever in that high chair that is gigantic, right? <laughs> and he's in a onesie, dude. I, I gotta be <laughs> honest with you. This this crossed the line for me. This just got so weird so quickly <laughs> in this whole flashback, like. When you see, uh, you know, Ed O'Neill wearing a toupee, like that, okay, you're like, you're, I'm, I'm there. 
But then when I saw Bud in the high chair, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I thought it was so funny. I, he, listen, I, I'm sorry. He was kicking his little feet. That, that, that was so, like, disturbing. Like, I had a nightmare last night. I feel like that trend's going to continue tonight. Like, I really... <laughs> it's not getting any better. It's no, that, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, what is going on? It felt so bizarre to me. It really did. Yeah. It's like an acid trip. Yes, exactly. I guess they could have casted kids to do this, but then it wouldn't work for Bud because he wouldn't have lines. Like, if the kid was really a baby, he couldn't speak. So I I guess that's how they decided what we're going to do here, you know, because they have to have speaking roles. The bold decision. (laughs) Yeah, man. They they sat in that room for days trying to figure this out. They're like, got it. You know what? Let's just have these guys play themselves, man. (laughs) Are you sure? That's really bold. I know. I know. <laughs> Kelly was really cute. Yeah, with her hair. Yeah. Daddy? I love her little voice that she was using. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Kelly has the greatest line. Every time I hear this, it's it just I, – I fall back in my seat. She opens up her baby thing by talking to uh, her doll, and she speaks for the doll and says – No, he won't be anybody's daddy. (laughs) It's like, wow, burn, love. I mean, that is brutal. He won't be anybody's daddy. That just says so many implications to it. Right? (laughs) Exactly. It is just brutal, man. Wow. Okay, kids. Daddy will be home any second with our Christmas gifts. He said if we were good, we'd get gifts. And we've been good. <laughs> as far as he knows. <laughs> now, little bud, what would you like for Christmas? Playboy's Hooters! Playboy's Hooters! <laughs> His first words. <laughs> and she's sitting there like, oh, and wiping the drool from his mouth. Like, this is charming or so cute or sweet it's bizarre is what it is i just found it completely bizarre that's all that's the only word that comes to mind it doesn't get any less strange at the (laughs) end when he showing the mom the kit he has yes exactly i mean it is strange Mm -hmm. i mean wow it is just going to such weird places with bud and what he communicates to his mother right I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I I didn't I, – not only did I not find it funny, but I was like really <laughs> turned off by it. Like I, yeah. like I think deep down emotionally I kind of just shut down for the scene. So if I can't recall play by play, uh, you know, sorry, but I had to like black it out, dude. <laughs> oh my god. And that's his first words. Yeah. And then we learn later on it is there's no way that's true. <laughs> right. Uh, but of course, like we said, he shouldn't be able to be saying any of this. No. <clears throat> Not at zero years old or one or whatever he's supposed to be. Right. How about you, Kelly? Well, I want peroxide and high heels and a dynamite Jimmy J.J. Waco doll. <laughs> Just like Jamie. Yeah. So the the whole JJ Jimmy JJ Walker deal. Uh, Mike Lemoy got his first break in college by winning a contest sponsored by Norman Lear of Good Times. 
And according to Jimmy Walker, Moy wrote a script that was so good, it was performed without any edits. Oh, wow. Also, according to Walker, Married with Children was originally written to depict a black family, but was changed due to racial sensibilities. And Walker said that after good times, Hollywood would not depict a poor black family on TV again. So Moy and Levitt changed it to depict a poor white family. Hmm. Wow. I did not know that. Well, that's what we're here for. We are a wealth of information. (laughs) Well, thank you. We all work as a team here. Marrow Children Research Team. Us. I take fantastic notes. They do. So does Dan. And Jamie said she's willing to talk and that's it. That's about it. Yeah. That's it. I just sit here and all I do is sit here and sound pretty. And she does does that under protest. Yes. (laughs) Playboy's Hooters. Munchkin Bedwetter. Now, now. Honey, it's okay. Those are the only words he knows. Like hell. (laughs) Buck is played by a pup and he's voiced by one too. I mean, duh. He's voiced by a child. And not the Kevin Coran guy. <laughs> I'm doing great today, huh? <laughs> Killing him, bro. No. <laughs> uh, how old is Buck supposed to be? Because dogs, because dogs die at 18, roughly, right? Uh, a, a dog his size, you more like 14. Right. I was going to say, yeah. So there you go. There's the plot hole in this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it just all folds after that. <laughs> Now, how about you, little Buck? What would you like for Christmas? I want that little chuck wagon to run through the house and put food in my bowl. (laughs) Yeah, do you guys remember those commercials with the chuck wagons for chuck wagon dog food? Where the chuck wagon would run through the, the house and the dog would chase it? Yes, I, I do. I do now know that commercial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure you do, Dan. Anyway, that was a thing. They were they were a big thing back then. So, like, right around the time they were having the flashback. Yes. So that was a big thing. Uh, the commercial, the dog would chase a chuck wagon through the a house with bitty, dog They're cute. You should look them up. There was a little bitty chuck wagon that would go running through the house. You know, like, and it had a checkered... A checkered cover, like it was a covered wagon with like a checkered top, you know, like Little House on the Prairie, but checkered. And um, it would run through like, yeah, yeah, you know. And That's wow. so funny. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Ready to feed the puppies, Mom? Ready. Let the way out of the bag. Here goes. of Puppy Chuck Wagon. It's enough to bring puppies running. They love Puppy Chuck Wagon's crunchy rings, meat-like morsels, and the delicious gravy when you add warm water. Want to give your puppy great taste? Let the way out of the bag! Puppy Chuck Wagon. It brings puppies running. <laughs> There's a couple running jokes here. There's three central running jokes. Oh, I don't want to blow the one with Kelly and Al. It's coming up, but you know what that is. Then you got the Hooters Playboys wiping drool from mouth. Then you got... Yeah, I just sure hope Daddy hasn't spent all our Christmas money on new brakes for the car. We got no brakes! No brakes! Yay! Yay! Daddy 
I think all of these are done three times or more, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last episode, I think none of us were crazy about the you have dirt on your chin, you should clean it, it's a beard, which went on like, what, five, six times? Mm-hmm. That's because it really wasn't funny. I mean, I get it. You're yeah. making fun of a half-assed beard and all that. It's not funny. Especially, it's not the kind of joke where the, the writer goes, this is brilliant. I want. I actually want to repeat this throughout the episode. That's how funny this is. Right. So keep on having everybody tell him he has dirt on his chin. Yes. <laughs> so we don't understand how that conversation happened, but it did. But these jokes... I feel are so strong that they never stop being funny. Any of them. Him hitting the garage wall is just always funny, especially because you see the stuff bounce sort of off the wall. Right. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yep. When he hit, when he impacts it. <laughs> Her wiping his drool up, it was funny when he was a baby, and then it was funny to see it again because... Right. She does it later. Bud leans forward as if this is a normal thing. And it's almost like... Like they haven't stopped. <laughs> it's almost like another part of his brain or instinct kicks in. Right. And he forgets who he is and lets this... Like, you remember... It really reminds me of... Remember that time some babysitter tortured Bud? Something about water running or he... They kept dunking his head in the toilet bowl and flushing it. And now he has, like, uh, post-traumatic stress. <laughs> yep, yep. And then he says every time he hears water... Or, like Kelly said, every time I run the water, he, like, you know, starts acting weird. And all of a sudden, she runs the water in the kitchen. And then Bud starts, like, leaning over, like... <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Like, that's what this kind of reminds me of. Like, Bud shuts off his normal... You know, taking in the atmosphere, stimulus response kind of thing, and he just goes into a mode back to what he was when he was a kid. Or right, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, and I love that type of humor. You know, as much as I didn't like that flashback scene, that was great to see it come back. Like, okay, like it may, you know, it gives it some context at least. Yeah. yeah, but thank God all these things happen within this episode, right? Like, thank God all this stuff is encapsulated within this episode. It all happens here. Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if 11 episodes from now, like, he says that again and then she does that? There's nobody would get that. Callback, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but nobody would, I mean, I, you know, people like us would, anyone listening to this should get it. If they're that into the show, they're going to listen to this. Right. You know? So, yeah, Al crashes into the garage. So, Al comes in with a wig. <laughs> what did you guys think of what Al looked like with that wig on? I think he looks like Ricky Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Not that's... Ricky. What? <laughs> I knew that's what he thought. Not Ricky Martin. <laughs> yes, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god. That was great. But who's the other guy? Ricky Morgan, the podcaster. Love you. He looked like Richie Valen. Mm. <laughs> the La Bamba guy. Presents! 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 Oh good! Marriage has yet shrunk me another inch. There's not much left to spare, honey. <laughs> this is the last year I'm working in a shoe store. <laughs> and 18 years later, well, you know, he's still there. That's his fate. 
A fat woman came into the store today, wanted some shoes for a Christmas party. I told her to stand on her hands, put a star on her butt, and go as the world's largest, ugliest tree. <laughs> then she has the nerve to get mad at me because she's fat. So we get into this legendary exchange with Alan Kelly. Daddy? What? I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daddy? What? I forgot again. <laughs> Don't say what next time. Okay, pumpkin. Daddy? <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> Daddy? What? Now you made me forget again. How hilarious, because you're just... At the moment when she says, don't say what, and then she says, Daddy, you, you know, he's not gonna, then... She actually questioned it why you're not answering me by saying daddy again. I love the look on his face. I mean, he's looking right at her. She's three inches from his face. (laughs) It is just brilliant. It's like she forgot that she said, don't say what. Right. Like, it is amazing. This whole thing could not have been written any better. Like, every beat of this whole thing was just perfect. And and that's like that those so L and L Fogel killed that whole thing she made up. Oh God, good stuff for this episode. Al, do you want to see our Christmas list? Oh yeah, Christmas. Well, you know, I don't have much money. Uh, what with all that damn dog eats. <laughs> but uh, it is Christmas, so. Uh, have you been good? Oh, yes. yes. Very yes. good, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's too bad because uh, my present money situation, well, I could probably get some, you know, crummy gifts, or uh, one of you could get one really nice gift. You know, the dogs don't really hate you. They don't like you anymore. You know, kids hate you. It seems like none of you have been very good. So now, since none of them have been good, he doesn't have to buy anyone anything mm-hmm. instead of buying one nice gift. And then you get this little moment of Bud and Al with the Hooters. <laughs> Hooters? <laughs> Playboys. Playboys? <laughs> Hooters! <laughs> no, not this year. Maybe next year. If you're good. Bud can just check out Al's, his dad's stash that's in that wheelbarrow, right? Right, it's just chilling down there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know it's there. It's actually pre-wheelbarrow down there, you know? Right, right, right. It doesn't even have Tang all over it. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no. So you don't need new Playboys. I mean, dude, how picky can you be at one year old or zero years old or whatever you are? Exactly. They're all going to get destroyed anyways. <laughs> So, <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> now, what good is this going to do? You're just going to forget. No, I won't. Daddy? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> and the way she says no I won't is so convincing like I believed her yeah <laughs> I know I'm so dumb right she was so convincing she's like no I won't like, alright daddy what and then she just knows that she doesn't remember it so she starts playing with her doll's hair <laughs> I mean, this was this whole bit was just ended in perfection with the the convincing. No, I won't is what sold the entire thing. And then her still not knowing. Yeah. And then Al just throws up his hands. Yeah. (sighs) So as great as that was, and as happy of a time as we all had watching this so far at the nine minute mark. Guess what rears its ugly head? Oh, this little. I mean, wow. Like, honestly, Ugh. between the bar scene and the flashback, I swear to God, I forgot he existed. I was gonna, like, no, I I remembered, but because we hadn't seen him yet, I was still hopeful. I was like, oh, is this when they start to come to terms with the fact that they don't need this kid for anything at all? But I guess they did. I do notice that everyone else got to talk about what they got for Christmas, and he didn't. Yeah, they blew right over him. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody wanted to know. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We'll we get don't to even that. know what's in the box. <laughs> what's in the box? His contract running out. <laughs> <laughs> Open it up, kid. Look at it. Look at the date. Now that's a true present for everybody. Uh. It was perfect. It worked every year until two weeks ago. Not from what we saw, right? I mean, it's a Bundy full life, and you better watch out. Uh, sure, that one didn't get anything, but in It's a Bundiful Life, he tried to get presents, and he thought he was really buying them. Right. And uh, then the bank closed. Mm-hmm. Right. So, every year that Daddy has any money at all, he gets us to turn on each other. Then we don't get any presents. So what are we going to say this year when Daddy tries to get us to snitch on each other? Bud was bad. Kelly was bad. Nuh-uh. Let's tell Mom. No. Kids, tell please. Mom. Come on. Now, kids. Now, what's happening again? We're turning on each other already. That's why this year I have a plan. For the two weeks before Christmas, we are family. And who's the enemy? Daddy. <laughs> That's right. Did did that ring a bell in your ears? Yeah, it ju- it just did when you said it right right again too. Yeah, is it a reference to the We Are Family? I got all my sisters. No, it's a line. But what what is it? Did, are you saying? Are you literally asking, or do you already know? I know. Oh, it's an episode you guys aren't crazy about. So, in we'll follow the sun. Oh. Do you remember when Peg was sitting in the back seat reading all the TV guide and telling everyone what's coming this fall? Yep, there it is. Yeah, and I think but at this point she might have been on the couch doing it. <laughs> oh, and look, we are family. A Chinese family with three children. <laughs> oh, I get it. We are family. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I remember talking about it, too. Yeah. Right. Yep. 
How weird is that? Mm. The same person said it the same way. Right. But like Jamie said, she's probably doing it in the singing way, right? We are family. I'll bet you that's where the the, the joke kind of originated, you know? Or, or no, like, so you said a Chinese family? It was about a Chinese family. He was family. Lee, like Bruce Lee, like, you know? Right. So that's that's what the emphasis on Lee would be. Yeah, in the We'll Follow the Sun, but why make that reference in this episode? Right. Is it? Is she talking about the same show? No. Oh. She's saying we're going to be a real family. So, so when she said, for two weeks, we are family. Oh, so you're a Chinese family? Maybe it's like if we were to compare ourselves to the Bundys now, you know, like it... You can make wow. a pop culture – it's very like a meta pop culture reference within a pop culture show. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and it's – I don't I, – it may not even be, but I'm giving them credit for it. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. We're the only radio show in the history of the world talking about each and every one of these episodes. I mean, might as well go anywhere with this, right? Right. Yeah, so in the stretch of all stretches, the Lee family is a really well-behaved, good family who was good all year. Peg wants Kelly, Bud, and herself to act like them, so for the next two weeks, they are family. And they will behave as that family does in order to get Christmas presents. Now, what do we want for Christmas? A CD player. Toys! A new watch. Playboys, Hooters, Playboys, Hooters! (laughs) Peg wipes the drool from Bud's mouth. Yep. This is the, the first time she does it, which is just amazing. The way he leans in and accepts it is just fascinating. Look out, no breaks! No breaks! <laughs> Yay! Daddy's home! Um, so, but the big question is, so he still did not get new breaks since 1974, or... Hopefully the 12th pair of breaks since then wore down or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any breaks could go that way. <laughs> right. But but then again, like, <laughs> if it were to be pushed to the limit, a Bundy could do it. So, yeah. <laughs> if it were me, it would be my third set of breaks. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, no, I, I'm dead serious. No, I, I just right. changed out my breaks for the first time in this car, and it was six years. Oh, there you go. Every time Jamie stops, it's like. <laughs> no, I just am an excellent driver, so I don't wear down my brakes. You hardly ever have to stop. You can just you can just go right through everything, right? You're, you're that good. <laughs> you're an excellent driver. How would you rate your own driving skills, Alex? Uh, well, I don't want to jinx myself, but I haven't gotten in an accident since 1998, unless somebody else hit me. What about I was going to say, that's not true. I was on the phone with you when you got to an accident. <laughs> right. True, but they hit you. It's yeah. not your fault. Exactly. Uh, any tickets that you guys have gotten? Infractions? Parking tickets? I got maybe? one in 20 years because Tiffany told me I can go through this one thing and make a right, and I could not. Oh, so it's her fault? Does she know it's her fault? Oh, yeah. I'm sure oh. I told her. He told us. I'm sure he told her. Yeah, I told her about six or seven times, yeah. <laughs> that was just this week. Yeah, yeah that was just this week. <laughs> I'm still talking about it from three years ago. 
It's like, remember that time you cost me $375 for that ticket? Well, guess what? Even though I paid that fine, they still put it on my insurance. So guess what I really paid? <laughs> but thanks for the advice on driving. Thanks, though. Because, you know, I would have never done that without you telling me to. <laughs> but, uh, hey, whatever. Yeah. As long as you take ownership of it. Yeah. So, uh, Al comes in, and you notice all his Christmas lights are working really nice. Yes, they were. On the front porch. Do you think that was a gift from his guardian angel? It's gotta be, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you brought this up, and I know this kind of is going off on a little tangent here, but it did make me think of something. Like, this just seemed like an odd Christmas episode. Uh, it didn't feel like Christmassy at all, you know? And I know, like, Married with Children, like, it's kind of the anti- right. A lot of shows, you know what I mean? But even those other Christmas episodes, I don't know, like from a comedy standpoint and just a um, a storytelling perspective, it seemed Christmassy. I mean, the, you think back to the Kinnison episode, I mean, I don't know, like to me, that can't be matched. You know, that's a perfect setup in my eyes. This, though, I, I really did feel like the story that they told with this, while they utilize certain Christmas scenes, it didn't really feel like a Christmas episode. Then again, I am biased because we're reviewing this at the end of January, early February. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's on me. But for some, like, I just didn't buy this as a Christmas episode. Like, you know, we talked about the other ones where I will go back and watch that Kinnison episode, uh, you know, on Christmas. But I can't imagine anybody going back to this. Or or do you? Or do you think people do? Or I, I know I do, yeah. Uh, like what I did was about six years ago, I ripped all of the episodes from my D from my DVDs and I put them on a portable hard drive that I always have plugged into my TV in a USB yep. and it's called Marrow Children Christmas folder. So I just opened that and all these episodes are there and I watch them every December. Yeah. Wow. But there's even dude, there are ones that have are far less Christmassy than this. Oh, really? That I still watch just because. May, I, you know what, though? That may not even be the general consensus. I just felt this way watching it. Like, to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it just – the, the it setups – That it wasn't Christmas time for us. Right. Like, that right. probably impacts it some. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and for some reason, too, um, I don't know. In my mind, I, fi- I think of Christmas and I think of the setups that you could do with it, you know, that is kind of like – using a lot of the Christmas tropes and stuff like that. And while they did, you know, I know we haven't gotten to the part yet, but with Al, you know, being Santa and and all that kind of stuff, I thought that was, yeah, an okay angle. But I don't know, like maybe I just imagined it being different. And I was like, I thought for a Christmas episode, they would kind of go all out, you know? Everybody's like, no, we don't agree with you at all. Let's move on, Dan. Well, I do. No, I understand that everyone's going to feel. Uh, dude, JP said that he didn't feel that um, You Better Watch Out was uh, very Christmassy. It's one of those things, though, too, where, like, I'm having a blast talking about this episode, but I did not love this episode, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I thought that the second half was much stronger than the first. And like I told you, like the, uh, the other, the other thing took, took me out of it. But from like the part that we're talking about now on, I thought was great. I thought it was great, but like the first half just completely threw me off. And I'm like, like when I'm watching bud, like kick his little feet as a one year old, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is a Christmas episode. (laughs) This is weird. 
I get it. Sorry. I don't, be, I don't want to be that guy. I just I feel bad. Not everything's going to land on everyone the same way. Yeah. You know, it, it. they throw it up, and if it sticks to your wall, it does, and that's it. Just when I was about to give up on this episode, Jefferson came in, so. There you go. See? Your boy. Yeah, saved it. Before. Just the same way you came on to this show. <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> Dude, you saved this show. This, this, these are lies. It was going down. In, oh, no, wait. That was Jamie. <laughs> well, you're here, though. I'm, I'm also here as well for the ride. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is the last year I work at the shoe store. <laughs> A fat woman came in the store today, said she wanted some shoes for a Christmas party. I told her to stand on her hands, put a star on her butt, and go as the world's largest, ugliest tree. I I don't even think that's funny. Am I? Is it just me? Is that not really funny? <laughs> like, no, but I know what you mean. I know. It wasn't funny to me at all. Yeah, out of all the fat... I, there was a fat woman who walked in the shoe store today. Out of all of them, this might be my least favorite. Out of all of them? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I honestly, well, no, I mean, and I listened to it the, the first time. I was like, maybe I didn't hear it right, you know, the first time he tells the joke. Right. And then I'm thinking, well, if she's <laughs> bottom so heavy, she'd look like an upside down tree. Right. Like, that just doesn't work, you know. And so then I was like, well, maybe I heard it wrong. So then he told it again. I was like, no, I heard it right. It's just <laughs> Yeah, funny. no, we got it. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to make sure I, I didn't lose my sense of humor here. <laughs> Yeah, you're right though. It's a stretch. It's like it's almost like the, <laughs> those are those are hits, and then you got the occasional misses, and this was a complete whiffa, as they call them. And yet we're gonna repeat it throughout the episode. Right, right, yeah. But, hey, might as well. Let's keep it going. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again. <laughs> Why not, right? Daddy, you told us that one already. It happened 18 years ago. Well, but didn't it happen today? <laughs> I think. So Kelly somehow remembered that story from 18 years ago among the hundreds he's told about a fat woman came into the shoe store today. She remembered what year he said it, yet she couldn't remember what she wanted to say to him every time he said what. (laughs) Every two seconds. (laughs) Like, imagine this. (laughs) Kelly, of all people, they, they have her recall a memory. (laughs) <laughs> like and it's so specific too but that's kelly for you though you know she comes through in the clutch she comes through uh with stuff that you'd never think she knew right. it's something as so specific as that it's so outlandish like it's such a great joke though that you can keep repeating and it's like of course kelly remembers something <laughs> that specific right <laughs> oh my God. i'm telling the same stories over and over again like like shelly winners on the tonight show <laughs> I've got to get out of the shoe business. Yeah, Dad, a senile around to someone who cares. So Shelley Winters was an actress who died in 2006. Her career spanned almost six decades. She appeared in tons of stuff like The Diary of Anne Frank, A Patch of Blue, A Place in the Sun, The Poseidon Adventure. And she also appeared in television, including a years-long tenure on Roseanne. And DJ now has a daughter named after her character. And she also wrote three books. When two of the best and most unpredictable talk show guests in all of television history, boisterous Oscar-winning actress Shelley Winters and alcoholic Brit leading man Oliver Reed, 
ended up as consecutive bookings on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson on September 25th, 1975. It seemed like an occasion where sparks might fly, and they did. At least something flew. It was a clash of the talk show titans. Winters was there because, well, because she was always on talk shows in the 70s and gave good value as a guest. You can see how she makes Johnny's job easy during her segment. While Reed, his first time on the program, was there to promote his role in Ken Russell's Tommy. Winters comes out first and makes some cougarish observations about younger men. She's her normal charming self. Then Reed is introduced, who declares that he's quite extraordinary. And I think it's also fairly safe to assume completely drunk out of his gourd. Before going off on an offensive tangent against women's liberation and feminism, causing an incensed Winters to dump her drink squarely on his head. While she's still on the couch, Winters gets a laugh-out-loud ad-lib at Reed's expense that demonstrates why she's such a popular fixture on talk shows. We got our Christmas list ready. Oh, Christmas. Well, you know, uh, I don't have too much money, but I could probably get a bunch of crummy gifts for you, or one of you could have one really nice gift. (laughs) Oh, a united Bundy front, eh? Well, I've got bad news for you. You can't outsmart Daddy because I'm broke. But rather than see your disappointed faces on Christmas morning, Daddy will be at the nudie bar. <laughs> the Jiggly Room is the place to be, man. It is. Now, uh, who wants to get old Dad a beer? Like, how random was that line? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand where that was coming from at all. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're screwing us over. Sure, I. I'll, I'll run right over. Right. Like what? Honey, you're going to have plenty of money for gifts this Christmas. We're going to help you out. We all got jobs. You all got jobs? <laughs> oh, man, you guys are the greatest. You got jobs? What kind of jobs did you get for yourselves? Oh, no. Not for us. For you. Jamie, were you fooled by the twist? Oh, yes, it got me. It got <laughs> Yeah. No. She slapped her knee. She was like, oh, I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they break out in this 12 Days of Christmas uh, parody. (laughs) This song telling That is a parody of 12 Days of Christmas. (laughs) So the 12 Days of Christmas, um, normally these these things don't go very well with me, but this was really good. It was describing the 12 jobs he's going to do leading up to this Christmas so he could afford presents. Let's tell him, kids, okay? With 12 days till Christmas, your family got for you. 12 days for picking. 11 off-ramp selling. 10 toilets cleaning. 9 digging graves. 8 snaking sewers. 7 spearing rats. 6 trading guard dogs. 5 giving blood. (laughs) 4 flash test dummying. 3 jobs roach killing. 2 jobs dog catching. And And 1 job standing at the mall. (laughs) Giving blood, which we all know he could do really well. Yes. Crash test dummying. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I remember the Mr. Plow episode on The Simpsons. Lisa's watching because uh, they're at like a car show thing. And then this guy shows the car crashing, and all of a sudden you see like one of those, you know, remember those typical dummies that were in the cars whenever they showed them? Like, yep. it still looked like that, but it like opened the door and fell on the floor and started crawling away. And she's like, hey, those aren't dummies. And he goes, this exhibit is closed. And he like pulled the curtain. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Al's going to be doing. To have the uh, Crash Test Dummy uh, action figures as a kid. Wow. I used to listen to the Crash Test Dummy. I used to yeah. have the Crash Test Dummy CD. <laughs> yeah. Once there was this boy. Oh, yeah. It was. Oh. Got into an accident, couldn't come to school. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I wonder how much money all this crap got, Al, at the end of it all. So, I like the grave digging one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Al is working at the Lakeside Mall of all places as this Santa, so that must really burn him up. I mean, we all know how much Al hates the Lakeside Mall. It's a sea of traffic during this time of year. It doesn't uh, free up until they get near his mall. So Al is, he has this gigantic fat kid on his lap who wants a pony. So messed up. I like how kids are not off limits with the fat jokes. <laughs> like, isn't that? Well, great? I mean, did you see clearly that kid was padded? Oh yeah, that's why he was willing to. D- I bet you that was the only stipulation. They're like, okay, you can't do it to a real fat kid, though. No, that was probably he was probably him going. You're not putting a real fat kid on my lap. <laughs> oh yeah, you think? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because jackets and blankets weigh less than uh, flesh, right? I would think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. As you're watching this, tell me it's not clear to you that the kid, the two next kids who are on Al's lap are clearly kids of the production team or something, right? Because they do not stop smiling (laughs) during all their lines. They are terrible actors if if you're looking for... You know, proper actors, all right? <laughs> Next. Uh, ho, ho, ho. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Well, I want an end to pollution. Let's start here. Huh? <laughs> Always remember that Santa hates you. <laughs> yeah. What's he going to do? Make me a shoe salesman? (laughs) (laughs) What would you like for Christmas, little girl? A husband to yell out and torture. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you'll get one. Well, the kid who says, well, what's he going to make me, a shoe salesman? That's Ron Levitt's son, Matt. Uh, Matt ended up being a writer for Unhappily Ever After. He could be the one 
who held out on signing off on a possible reunion starring David Faustino, the whole married with grandchildren he wants to do. Because remember, he said there's legal issues. Right. And that's why that's not happening. But it's not been confirmed and he's not been named as the guy who's the holdout. But it could be him. When Al says, what do you want for Christmas, little girl? And she says, a husband to yell and torture. This is Ron Levitt's daughter, Samantha. Oh, that one I did notice was a terrible actress. Because she just kind of, she's kind of got this goofy smile and then just looks off in the distance like, huh. Yeah, she's like, a husband to yell at and torture? <laughs> is that good, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Horrible. She's, she's like, she acts like Tara Reid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would just not be in the moment. It, she was, I mean, if if you ever wanted to encapsulate, wow, I'm acting and they're taping me and I never did this and this is weird and they're letting me do this. I mean, that is that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, if you need any example of this and why people who are not real actors shouldn't be on TV, this is the clip. So, uh, Santa finally granted her wish 20 years later in June of 2012 when she married Jason Goldstein at the age of 28. Matt and Samantha were in Kids, What Are You Gonna Do? in season five. We mentioned that. So these kids had Jessica Hahn as their stepmom, I guess. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Non-speaking roles, all for the best. <laughs> right. Let's go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't you take an example from Meghan Markle? You don't even know if it's really her there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I like to believe it is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So since we're mentioning her, before it even happens, let me get to the whole Meghan Markle thing on this uh, segment here. So Meghan Markle is the little girl on the left-hand side of the screen with the light-colored knit cap on who is taunting Al Bundy in the delightful spoof of Frosty the Snowman after Marcy says, just the girls, and they respond, he's as bald as he can be. You could clearly see her profile while she's singing her heart out, taunting our hero, Al Bundy. So Chris Gunther from our Marriage Children podcast Facebook page identified Meghan Markle as one of the kids singing in that scene. Meghan's father, Thomas Wayne Markle, was first the lighting director and then director of photography for the show for its entire run. So according to interviews with her, she would go on set regularly after school for the entire 10 years, all 11 seasons. And uh, it was from 87 to 97. She attended Immaculate Heart High School, an all-girl Catholic private school in Los Angeles. Based on these dates, she would have been there from ages 6 to 16. At the time of the filming this episode, she was 11 years old. I can only imagine the sense of humor that Megan must have. I mean, coming from the set of the show in a Catholic school uniform and meeting people like Tracy Lords in her formative years. We looked at the line of kids prior to the song to see if there was an earlier shot of her, but could not find anything. So here's what I think happened. They set up the line of kids with the choir, with Ron Levitt's kids and other child actors for the scenes where they were telling Al what they want for Christmas at the front of the line. Since this might have taken some time to set up, they were dealing with the non-professional kids. It may have been shot during the day and not during the normal run of the show. 
Megan and possibly some of the other children of the regular staff may have arrived from school in the afternoon, and they were added to the singing scene just to have as many kids as possible in that shot, which is why we don't see her in the first shot with the other kids. It also looks like she's kneeling down while she's singing in order not to block the other kids in the camera shot. We have a high-quality screen capture of Megan up on the Facebook page so you can see for yourself. Now, if you guys remember, during the Season 6 England episodes, we talked a little bit about her association with the show through her father and, and pondered whether she could have been present during the taping of those episodes in England. We thought it ironic that the show was spoofing her future in-laws, especially in the second episode of that three-part series. We weren't yet aware that she had appeared on the show, but this appearance in particular blows us away, since it's so iconic. She and her husband, Prince Harry, have been constantly in the news since they have been together. This past month, they announced that they wanted to step back in their roles as full-time members of the British royal family and start to live independent private lives, splitting their time between UK and Canada. So we wish them well and love their association with the show. As we mentioned in the England episodes, Prince Harry's parents, Prince Charles and Diana, both were spoofed by the show. Who would have thought that a member of the British royal family would appear on our favorite low-class, lot-of-crass-humor sitcom? What would you like for Christmas? A cure for the measles. (laughs) So Marcy sits on Al's lap. This, here, like, here comes my favorite part of this episode. (laughs) Hi, Santa. Did one of your reindeer make a (laughs) no-no? I'm sorry. That must be the ghost of Foot Fungus Pass. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. You don't have to tell Santa what you want for Christmas. You want a pair of breasts. (laughs) Just like a grown-up woman. But Santa says, be happy with what you've got. The body of a young boy. Yeah. That when Jefferson is walking oh, up the line, talking so to sad. the boys, and then he finally gets to Marcy, and he's like, excuse me, son, and it's actually Marcy. That whole thing, from the moment we see oh. him go, Marcy, the first time, and it's a boy, and then directly in front of him, the boy. Right. The, the, from that moment on, I was laughing out loud. Yes, I saw I thought you were my wife. I thought you were my wife, he says, to so like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Marcy? I'm sorry, young fella. (laughs) Marcy. (laughs) Sorry, thought you were my wife. (laughs) Uh, uh, Excuse me, son. Hey, Marcy! (laughs) Look, I've been looking all over for you. I found a store that carries that pump-up bra you wanted. Now you can pump them up to be any size you want, and you won't have to take Al's insults anymore. And the only one who will know they're not real is you. And me. (laughs) And me. This this moment alone, like I'm with Jamie, this was some of the best stuff that I've ever seen. Like, oh my God, this was perfect. Like Jamie said, from the second that he started to the second he got on screen to the moment that he got up there, that was just gold, I thought. And it didn't stop being gold. 
Right. No. Right. No, because then he goes on and talks about the pump-up bra and... Yep. Uh, and but at eleven, he's like the only person will know they're not real is you <laughs> and me and me. Like he's he's showing how frustrated he is that he also knows that these are not right. real. Like it's so great because he's suffering through this also, but he's like playing. Exactly. You know, it's just so great. Yeah, <laughs> his character is just so great. I just love this side of Jefferson, man. I want to say I think Marcy looked really cute in this episode. Yeah, she looked good. Dan? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever said that. I don't think I ever will. Aw, I think she's cute. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean... Okay. Her hair is definitely better than it used to be. Uh, I mean, yes. Better? Okay, maybe. But we're talking from zero, right? <laughs> right. So now her hair is a three. So what? Right, any anything's an improvement, right? You're so mean. I'm sorry. Oh, look, Marcy, it's Al. <laughs> oh God, I'm glad I didn't say anything that would embarrass me. Well, hey, I won't say nothing. But if I were you, I'd build her arms at first, because from what I can see, she needs to do a lot of pumping. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> hey kids, Santa gives us so much. What say we give him something back? Yeah! And a one and a two and. Bundy the No Man! He's a bold as he can be! The kids singing the song around Santa Al are from the International Children's Choir, which is based in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was founded around 1992 and is still going strong today. Oh, it was brand new then. Right. Oh, yeah. That's probably what started it all for them. In 1992, they recorded a Christmas album of favorite songs with the lead song on the album cover being Frosty the Snowman. Oh, so that probably explains why they were chosen for the Bundy the No Man song. So Al's at the bar. We're back to to today, current, present day. Al's at the bar wrapping up a story. How about Al actually doing all the jobs they got him? Yeah. He just said okay and did it? And we don't get to see any footage of any of them. Yeah, so Al does all these jobs. I would have liked to see like the when he spears rats or whatever that one thing was or... So, but it was cool to imagine. Sometimes your imagination is better than what they can come up with. Sure. So I did the 12 jobs in 12 days. The worst was the crummy Santa gig. I had so many knees and elbows in my groin, I thought I was in bed with a wife. <laughs> so you better give me one more for the road, and then I'm, I'm off to buy presents. So the hooker comes over to Al. And he hit, and this is the second line, just like Kelly, and they're both against Bud, and they're amazing. Well, I'd get you for my son, Bud, but uh, he wouldn't know what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. 
How demeaning to talk about your son that way. My 18-year-old son wouldn't even know what to do with you. Al goes home and he takes all the gifts out of his big Santa sack, puts them under the tree. Oh, now, Buck boy. I forgot all about you. Yeah, but you're just a dumb little dog. You probably don't even know it's Christmas. Oh, that's okay. I have a little something for you. It's called P, and I'll be waiting in your slippers. Yes, boy. It's going to be one fine Christmas. I told you I smell daddy. <laughs> presents, you guys, we got presents. Presents, presents. Look, 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 it's me, Kelly. Oh, me. Oh, oh Al, you got me the watch I always wanted. Daddy, a CD player. And my first CD, Herman's Hermits. I'm Henry the V-I-I-I-1-M. Uh, Kel, that's... I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Now, how could you possibly get that from that bunch of letters? Herman's Hermits. I'm the Henry the Eighth, I am. Uh, Peter Noon was on Rock of Ages in this season. That's right. Oh, Dad, huh? build your own Hooters kit. <laughs> With the lifelike plastic. <laughs> build them, look at them, feel them, trade them with your friends, or put them on and just scare your mother. God, did I need these. Look, Mom, Hooters, Hooters. Yes, they're very cute, dear. <laughs> and then cleans the drool from his mouth. <laughs> Great callback. And I knew that was disturbing to Dan. I mean, and I'm also disturbed every time Bud talks to his mom about this stuff. Right. Like, that's okay. Because you're forgetting Peg is a woman. And she's probably disturbed at how you view women, Bud. <laughs> right. So, uh, it's, you know, it's build your own Hooters kit. Now, did you guys notice that Wags the Perplexed Pup was on the cover of that? I did not. Remember that poster in the first episode of this season, Hanging in Bud's Room? Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. She was on there. That's cool. Now, who's the best daddy in the world? Daddy! (laughs) (laughs) Then it was all worth it. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. Wake up, buddy. It's closing time. Oh, Oh, I was dreaming. I gave my son breasts. (laughs) That's a very cool dream, sir. So this guy, Ray, is Dennis Cockrum. I know him from Uncle Buck. He was a pal in the bowling alley. Remember he got Mm -hmm. a toothpick stuck in his mouth when he kept, like, rolling it in his mouth? That guy, yeah. And he was like 35 or something years old or 40, and he was hitting on Uncle Buck's niece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like in high school. Right. <laughs> so he's famous for Gangster Squad, Hail Caesar, and Shameless. He's a good, like, uh, skeezy, like, dirtbag in movies. <laughs> and it sounds like he fits into Shameless perfectly, too, so. Right. Uh, he was only in this episode of Married with Children, so we never go back to Ray's bar. Uh-huh. How much I owe you? Nothing. 
You already paid for everybody. <laughs> you were unconscious, but I felt you wanted to pay. You being Santa and all. And <laughs> 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 uh, now, uh, Ray, can we talk? And then starts taking an interest in the chain around Ray's neck. Cut to the scene. Al comes home present day for Christmas. Crashes in the garage. The things go bouncing off the walls. Hey, you know, he hit pretty hard. I hope nothing happened to our presents. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. You know, before we even get to this opening of presents, let's go back to the one we just had where Al was dreaming. Our favorite part where no one acknowledged Seven's gift. Yeah. Right, Jamie? That's when nobody addressed any way whatsoever what he got. Not, didn't even look at it. <laughs> Literally zero fucks are given for Seven. <laughs> As none should be. <laughs> I mean, really. Dude, I forgot he was on the episode. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was hopeful that he wouldn't be. I mean, show. Yeah, right. I didn't. I, I, every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, yeah. You mean you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me correct myself. Bud gets a dartboard that says Ray's bar on it. <laughs> uh, Seven gets beer steins. And he's such a screw-up. After Al gives Seven these beer steins, he's about to go in the wrong direction and out of the shot. Right. So Peg stands in his way and guides him onto the couch. <laughs> like, here, dummy. <laughs> Can you imagine this? You have almost nothing to do. Nothing. One line, go sit down. It's the classic, you had one job. You had, right, right. He only had to do is take beer and walk to a couch. And it was almost like it was the first take or something. Like he hadn't done that before or something. Because clearly if you're up against the couch and, and, you know, the table's there and everything. And there's one, there's only one way to go. Right. And you're sitting near the right armchair. Like, what are you doing? What are we doing here, kid? Hey, hey, listen, and you can blame it to a child actor or whatever. I'm sorry. That's not that hard. I could have pulled that off. No. He's done more difficult things than I could probably do as an actor before, but walking in one direction is something I think I could figure out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so Kelly gets a TV with a wall mount, so that's pretty cool. I mean, that's way ahead of its time, right? Mm-hmm. Comes with its own wall. <laughs> there you exactly. go. And it's a raise. I have a stupid Samsung. Yeah. But Kelly has a raise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Buck Boy, I forgot about you. But you're just a dumb dog. You probably don't even know it's Christmas. And you don't know about the dead bird I left in your jacket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder where he went in Al's jacket. Right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Peg gets a chain, <laughs> the one that was around Ray's neck, and it says Ray on it. <laughs> honey, it says Ray. Well, sure, honey. That's because you're my little uh, Ray of Sunshine. <laughs> oh, Al. Oh, 
Oh, Ray. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll say that in terms of the gifts, I thought Bud's was the best because in terms of dartboards, like, <laughs> even though it says Ray's bar, it's like a novelty item, you know? Yeah. Like, like it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's that's one of those things that that would actually I'd be pretty pumped about a dartboard <laughs> from Ray's. <laughs> I w- we should try to pay attention when we go to Bud's room ever again or right. he eventually moves into the basement. We should see if that dartboard's on the wall anywhere. Wouldn't that right. be great? Yes, that, that would be great. Yep. I would like that. Let's see. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, guys. How many sets of Hooters are we making with our brand new Hooter kit out of five for this episode? Dan. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think that this episode definitely is flawed throughout for me it doesn't feel like a christmas episode um it i was let down in many aspects of it but the things that i did love um we highlighted tonight and and those things were strong so i was teetering between two and a half sets and three what yeah i i would have to give it a three out of five huh I'm dying to hear Jamie's rating now. All right, Jamie, how many sets of Hooters are you making with your new Hooter kit out of five? I think I'll make four. Now, I don't I don't disagree with Dan in that I don't think it feels all that Christmassy, but I really think it's probably because I'm watching it in February. <laughs> I think if I were watching it around Christmas time, it might help. Although, honestly, some more decorations in the bar would help. I mean, you know, just pumping up the atmosphere, that would have been, it would have been better. Although we did get, you know, Jingle Bells and Frosty the Snowman and 12 Days of Christmas, you know. Bunch of Santas. However... What really pushes it up for me is they hold seriously that Jefferson scene. Oh, yeah. I don't recall when I've laughed that hard. Right. Like, it was very funny. I love the flashback scene. I thought it was funny and cute. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this one. I did. I didn't have any problems with it. I'm building four and a half. Oh, wow. Sets of Hooters, yeah, for this episode. I loved Especially this recent watch, I had such a great time, even with taking notes as a distraction. <laughs> I, I felt like I had so much to write. I mean, look how long this episode is. Um, I couldn't stop writing things down because it was all so good. Um, we start off in, in the in the bar, that whole atmosphere, the whole thing, the the joke with the elf. That I didn't get that joke, but just the whole thing of him coming in and whatever. And, you know, Al walking in on cue and you know what's going to happen and all that. Then we get into the flashback, which I loved. It it was all very iconic. Like, Kelly's exchange alone 
makes that entire segment a four and a half or even almost a five. Bud being obsessed with Hooters and Playboys like instantly at birth is is funny to me. Peg with the wipe and the drool off his chin is just hilarious every time. Um, and you know, and it's funny because I didn't think she was going to do it the last time. I was like, ah, and all of a sudden she does it a little more delayed. Right. And I was like, nice, perfect. The whole middle section of like what's happening now happening. You know, there, he has to have a job now. Um, then the whole mall, Santa mall section, Jefferson murdered that whole thing. That was so great. That was so good. And like Jamie said, him going to the two boys and saying, I thought you were my <laughs> wife. When he got to her, he thought she was the boy. Excuse me, son. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen my wife? Yeah. And then the whole embarrassing revelation. And he's like, don't worry. No one's going to know except for you. And then we get to, <laughs> and me. And then it's, and me. Perfect. I mean, this was just so strong. And the 12 days of Christmas, all those jobs are funny the way they ignored seven with the gifts and everything and that was great that was my present yeah and what an ending that um ray did this and look what al does he gets things from his bar just imagine what went down Mm -hmm. well i hope he whooped his butt yeah right like just imagine what went down when he was extracting these things from ray's bar and what great justification it is. Because Ray is such a jerk, and he got his, man, from our hero. So it's like such a gratifying ending to know that Al ripped a TV off his wall right. <laughs> and brought right. it home. Well, he was uh, trying to make up for the one that uh, Kelly broke in the last episode. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I was thinking <laughs> of how to tie these two things together. I just couldn't do it, though. <laughs> But the, 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 what she threw at that other TV, that was the size of the whole screen here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought this was great. And like I said, you're following up Sam Kennison's Christmas. That is hard to do. And I think they sat down and said, you know what? We got about 30 jokes here or something like that, 23 jokes, whatever. And these are, I like, I love the strength of all these jokes. Mm-hmm. They said, let's go with this episode. And the only one I didn't like really was the is that a is that where the elves drink or whatever by the police station? I just didn't get that, but <laughs> but everything else, wow, yeah, really liked it, really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you on your second watch when you know what to expect, maybe right. you'll take it in differently. I man, I think that might be it. My expectations, and like I said, the time of year that I watched it, um, I, I think that the make or break, you know, now that you just kind of uh, went over everything real quick, was the flashback scene. That's the one thing that we really differ on. And you know, as I'm watching it, I, I felt like I should like it, like I normally would. But the stuff with Kelly as a baby too, like I just didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. I don't know. And then with the Bud stuff, that just was bizarre to me. Like I never want to see that again. That will haunt my nightmares forever so with that i think that's the tipping point because i agree with a lot of the other stuff that you said but that none of that that, that weighs heavy unfortunately on on my overall perception of the episode but you're right hopefully on the next one it'll be it'll be a little easier easier to digest yeah okay the episode we are reviewing next week this is the controversy that's been going on with bud's character for about two years or so, maybe more, ever since um, he uh, 
he tricked girls into being in a rock video or being an agent or being doing something with the models and whatever. Something has been going around. Did this happen? Did this not happen? Nobody really knows, but something gets solidified, no pun intended, in the next yeah. episode. Wow, what a pun. It's called The Wedding Show. As the Bundys prepare to attend their cousin Jimmy's wedding, everything goes wrong. Al can't find his suit. Peg can't get her makeup right. Kelly and the bridesmaids think they have the wrong dresses. And Bud gets caught with the bride. <laughs> 